Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichols. And today's show, we're talking about Cromwell. That's right, we're going down to Central Otago because Julie, listener of the show, asked us to. Here's her question. Ed, we've got an investment property in Cromwell, which has done us very well over the last few years. Town has boomed off the back of Queenstown. And it's got its own industries, particularly fruit and wine. Now, I don't think you've ever done a podcast about Cromwell as a place to invest, so it'd be great to get your opinions. I find your research very enlightening. Hear that, Andrew? Really? People actually find it enlightening. <laughs> well, thanks, Julie. So we're going to dive into it. Now, Andrew, I always like to start these ones off about what do you know about Cromwell? I like how you do this. And the reason you do it is because you've got all the data and all the facts. And then basically you want to show that Andrew Nicholl, the Prince of Property, knows sweet F all about an area other than his travels there. Well, we've been there. And you're right. That's all I really know about it. So I'll tell you what I know about Cromwell. 20 years ago, I used to go holidaying down there with Alice Stewart because her family had a batch down there. At the time, there must have been 100 people that lived there. So it was tiny. You could not get a coffee to save yourself. I remember that part. And I remember taking you. It must have been a special occasion. Was it your birthday or something? I can't. Oh, we we just finished lockdown. We just finished lockdown. So Ed flew to Christchurch. We flew to Queenstown. And then we took me, Ollie, our GM, and Ed, and all the partners. And we went to Queenstown and then flew by helicopter to Cromwell and went to a place which used to be called Wild Earth. Now it's called the Stoker Room. And we basically got these great meat platters. Now, any of your long-term listeners and fans of the show, we're thinking, but Ed's a vegan. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was for us. <laughs> but it was a great... And I remember you putting on some woman's hat and <laughs> prancing around the vineyards. I think there may still be some incriminating photos yeah, so on your you phone. Go. I've sum, summed up Cromwell <laughs> perfectly, I think. So, you know what, Julie? Here are my thoughts around Cromwell. I initially thought, look, this is not going to be good. It's a tiny wee town, a small wee region, wee central Otago. Didn't see much while we were there. But you know what? <laughs> Sorry. No, well, I mean, you're not much to look at. But, I mean, we drove in, we drove out. Pleasantly surprised, though, by some of these stats. Just so you know, we are going to talk mainly about the whole of the central Otago district, which is really a small council area of a number of small towns. The reason we're going to do that as opposed to Cromwell is Cromwell's got a population of about 5,500 people, so not a lot of data available on the town itself, but we can get it for the whole council area. At the moment, it's about 3% overvalued. Now, I'm not too concerned about this because it's been on its way down in terms of how over or undervalued it is is compared to where we would expect it to be. At the start of 2020, it was about 13% overvalued. So if we did this episode back then, I'd probably say, oh, I'm very worried about it. It would be at the peak of its property cycle, at least the way that we measure it. So look, that's about where we would expect it to be. In terms of house prices, they have certainly increased since the start of the pandemic and any property investors in the district like yourself, Julie, would have done extraordinarily well over the last 12 to 24 months. Don't you find that quite interesting? Because I would have thought that with the pandemic, you would have lost a whole lot of tenants and maybe even owners who lived in Queenstown. And I always see Cromwell as getting growth off the back of Queenstown. So if there's more stock available in Queenstown, why do the drive to Cromwell? But obviously not. Well, no, because it's the same with Queenstown. Queenstown still appreciated over the COVID pandemic. Let me just pull out the stats that we're going to use for a future episode. In Queenstown Lakes District, which is right next door, that went up 36 
7% since pre-COVID. So everywhere around New Zealand has increased. Now, Cromwell has not increased at the same rate as everywhere else. House prices there are up 21% since March 2020. That compares to about 35% for the rest of the country. So does that mean it's a potentially good place to invest in your mind? I think that it's... Less bad than I thought it was going to right, be. Okay. We're going to come to that uh, right, okay. near the end when we do our summation. But, you know, there are some good things about Cromwell. So the fact that it hasn't increased in value as quickly as the rest of the country since that March 2020, I think means that there's potentially some more room there for it to continue growing, just like I do for Queenstown at the moment. It's had price increases, but not as much as the rest of the country. So the other interesting thing about all of central Otago, is that it's one of the few smaller areas, lower population areas in the country where the population is still increasing pretty steadily. So between 2013 and 2018, a short five-year period, the population increased 20%. It's quite a lot. It's a huge increase for a small area. Now, bear in mind, we're not talking about huge amounts of people. It's not the same as a 20% increase in Auckland, where that would be the equivalent of 300,000 people. But, you know, it might force someone to actually open a decent coffee shop at that stage. Oh, look, I'm sure there would be at the moment. And, of course, you can always have your instant greens, Andrew, on your your chilly Sunday morning. I'll be sure to bring you one of those in tomorrow then and see how you like it. Now, the population sits today for Central Otago at around 22,000 people. And in the next quarter century, in 25 years' time, there's probably going to be another 10,000 people there based on the projections. So there's going to be another 50% of people moving there. But what's really exciting, and one of the things that I, I think is a bit of, can I call it a saving grace? Is it going to offend people if I call it a saving yeah, grace? No, no, I think you'll offend people regardless, Ed. <laughs> It's just the personality, mate. (laughs) Is that where are all these people coming from? Over the last 20 years, 76% of new residents in central Otago have come from elsewhere in New Zealand. How is that a shock, though, at the moment with lockdowns? No, the point here, Andrew, is that while some areas will increase because of international net migration, yes. other areas will increase in population because people are having babies and people are having more babies than they're having deaths. Yeah. People are moving to Cromwell and Central Otago because it's a nice place. That's why people are moving there. So if people perhaps aren't able to afford moving into Queenstown Lakes, moving to Wanaka or Queenstown itself, that's where they might go to Cromwell. So in the future, I'd expect as well people to be moving out of an Auckland or a Christchurch or a Queenstown, start moving into Central Otago. And the reason behind that actually is, pop quiz, have you looked at the stats yet? I'm hoping you haven't. Me, no. Yeah, <laughs> good, right no, answer. Was, actually, who else are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> How much more expensive do you think Queenstown Lakes District is, which is a 50-minute drive away. In terms of price, house value. House prices double. compared to Cromwell. Double. Yeah, you did look at it. I didn't look at it. You did. Well, no, it's more than double. Well, it's more than double. In fact, Central Otago is 53% cheaper on average compared to... Oh, 53 to, is pretty close, wasn't it? Well, it was pretty Annoyingly close. Annoyingly close. I can see how annoyed you are. <laughs> well, it's easy when you've got the stats I, on a different look, page. I was busy writing notes. Now... It's interesting that it's about 53% cheaper, so there's a good reason for people to move there. And on top of that, 
it's about 26% cheaper than the rest of the country. So average property value there is about $776,000, which is not bad given that it's a 50-minute drive away from Queenstown where the average value there is about $1.6 million. But what's really interesting as well, God, there are lots of great things about this suite. We need to go back. Do you remember we had the big taxi driver there as well? God, she was a cracker. Do you remember? It was a four-minute taxi, wasn't it? Oh, I can talk a lot in four minutes, as you know. Four minutes there, four minutes back. Now, the other thing is that rents are actually pretty healthy there. Average rent in central Otago is $424. That compares to $469 around the rest of the country. So while house prices are about a quarter cheaper than in central Otago compared to everywhere else, rents are only about 9% cheaper, which means that, hey, look, you're going to get a better yield there compared to the average property around the country. Now, pop quiz for you, Andrew. What do you think is driving the economy in central Otago? What sort of industries do they have there? Oh, you've got fruit is probably the biggest one. What sort of fruit? Grapes. Wine. Yeah, you got some grapes. you got yeah, some wine. What else you got? Fruit. Everything stone fruit would live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read on the notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stone fruit, grapes, and sheep. Yeah, I'll tell you an interesting stat. There's about, if you look at the percentage that stone fruit makes up of all of the New Zealand economy and all of central Otago's economy, there's about 143 times the concentration of stone fruit in central Otago compared to everywhere else in terms of the whole economy. So it's really concentrated there. That's why you get the fruit ice cream there. Fruit ice cream and you get great wine there. Terra Terra Sancta's there. And yeah, so you get your cherries, your apricots, your olives, love it. And on top of that, you've got a lot of sheep and beef, but something that surprised me because I just didn't think about it was hydroelectricity. I read this just before and I can't believe that actually makes up a significant amount of money. Over 5% of GDP, of Central Otago's GDP, is the generation of hydroelectricity. Have you been, have you been to the, the big dam there? No, the, no, there are two. There are two on the Clutha well, River. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been to the one in Alex. Do you mean Alexandra? Yes. What the hell else would I mean? <laughs> well... I didn't know you were on a nickname basis <laughs> with the to town there. I, I told you, I used to holiday there. Oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> so summarising it up, great place to visit, but also there's some good industry there. And in fact, something that was surprising for me is when you look at GDP per capita, so that's the amount of stuff that gets produced per person, Central Otago is actually in the top 20% of council areas. It's 12th out of 67. So pretty good. And it's the economy there has been growing faster than the rest of New Zealand as a whole. And actually, I'll pop quiz again because I just love them. What percentage... You're just wanting to catch me out with something that I haven't already figured out. Well, what percentage of (laughs) workers in Central Otago do you think are self-employed? 33%. 33%. No, wrong. <laughs> wrong. There you go. What was it? A quarter, 25%. Oh, but massive concentration of people working for themselves, probably because of the concentration of agriculture, lots more contractors. Yeah. And so incomes are pretty good there, about 10% lower than the rest of the country. But bear in mind that this is a smaller region, so you tend to have lower salaries. So I think that's actually not a bad thing. Incomes are pretty healthy and lots of people are self-employed. Now, so there's a lot of positive stuff that I wasn't expecting to find down in Cromwell and in central Otago. 
But what are some of the bad things? Okay, well, the first thing that always sticks out in my mind when you're reliant on factors of Mother Nature. So if you're producing a lot of fruit, if you're producing a lot of wine as a result of that, if you require water in the dams, I think that's a big risk from a property value standpoint. And we saw this in Tauranga, I was just trying to find the date, it must have been 15 years ago when they had their major crop disease there, and it significantly affected their ability to get a tenant, house values dropped, it put a real dent in the economy. So that is my immediate thing. Second thing is population is quite small. You've got a limited pool of tenants. The population is only about five and a half thousand people, a third of which rent, and there's 700 rentals roughly in the town. So there's not a lot. Not a lot of tenants, not a lot of rentals. No. The third thing is often with old rentals in areas like this, you have a lot of deferred capital maintenance. It's just one of those things that's typical of a small region because there are fewer builders and if there are builders there, they're building new houses, they're not doing the home handyman stuff. And just remind us all what deferred capital maintenance actually is. So your roof that needs replacing that you really should have done a few years ago and now it's starting to leak in the property and it's rotting some of the wood, all that kind of, those kind of old-fashioned things that go with older rental properties. And do you know what? Do you know what's interesting though? When I was thinking about deferred capital maintenance, as as you tend to do as you're walking along the street (laughs) with your coffee. When Kelly's looking in your eyes and goes, what are you thinking about, honey? Deferred capital maintenance. What are you thinking about, honey? (laughs) (laughs) It actually happens. Is the fact that the idea about deferred capital maintenance is that it doesn't make economic sense to spend 20 grand replacing a roof if your house is only worth $200,000, for instance. But I wonder with house values increasing so astronomically over the last two years, over the last 10 years actually, whether we might start to see less of that. Because again, the cost to replace a roof, sure, that might have gone up, but it won't have increased at the same rate as houses. And so perhaps people will say, well, you know, it's a $500,000 house in a small town. I will replace that roof because it costs $30,000, for instance. Maybe, but also if you're buying in a smaller region, you're tending to want something that's maybe not going to cost you as much. Still parting with that sort of amount of money can be quite challenging on something you paid $200,000 for. And the demographics are a bit different in Cromwell as well. Well, you've got a major ageing population there, so you are more likely to see older people than younger people. It's kind of like a, I want to say Nelson, but I know Pete will message me and abuse me for this, but you know, you've got a lot of people going there for retirement rather than people, younger people maybe going there to innovate and start businesses. And it doesn't mean that everyone's old, but that's probably just the common thing. Yeah, so for instance, there's about 50% more 70 to 74-year-olds in central Otago as a proportion compared to the rest of the country, for instance. Now, this is actually something we see in a lot of smaller regions. So if we pulled up the stance for Stratford or we pulled it up for Clutha or Gore, we'd see exactly the same thing. We under-index in people who are under 50, so you've got a smaller proportion of people under 50 in this region, and then you have a higher proportion of people who are over the age of 55, for instance. So it's pretty common within these regions, but it's something just to think about. And typically, older people probably own their own house rather than renting, right? Now, last thing that I want to get into is, well, what do we think about it? What do we think about Cromwell and Central Otago? Now, look, on the show, we've preached for the last three years about investing in the cities because you've got a more diversified economy, because you've got a larger pool of tenants, because you don't have the same deferred capital maintenance problems, because you've got more consistent capital growth. There's a lot of reasons why you would invest in a city. And you know what? I still believe that wholeheartedly, because investing in a city with 50,000 people would probably make me feel a bit more comfortable than investing in a town of 5,000, for instance. But do you know what? 
if you were to invest in a small town, if that's what you wanted to do and you wanted to buy up some standalone houses and renovate them, things like that, I actually don't think Cromwell is the worst place you could go. I think that there are some things here that have surprised me, that have made me think, you know what, it's probably worth visiting again. You know, it looks like a great wee place and there's got some good drivers here. What do you reckon? I really like it. In all seriousness, after going there recently, you and I and the team, it has come a long, long way from when I went there 15 years ago. I was amazed at how much more stuff there is, which, you know, usually a sign of seeing it, you know, a mitre 10 or something like that is a good sign that some of these big companies think that there's decent opportunity for population growth. Uh, I think we'll continue to see that. I mean, it'll probably be distributed around central Otago because if you're in Cromwell, for instance, you're really close to Queenstown. If you're on the other side of the district, then you're much closer to Dunedin, for instance. And so I expect that Cromwell will probably do better off the back of Queenstown compared to perhaps some other small towns within the region. Well, absolutely, because it, it is, what, a 45-minute drive? An hour 50. 50-minute drive. We had those podcast listeners who came along to our podcast. Oh, they were so yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they, they better do, still they, be listening. They do the commute. Yeah, they, well, I guess we'll find out now, won't we? We better get a text or an email. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, why don't you come along to our upcoming webinar? It's happening on Tuesday the 10th of May and we are going to have a live studio audience. Gosh, that's going to be fun. And if you want to come along to that, link's down in the show notes, tap or swipe over the cover up, link's in there, or just go to our website, opuspartners.co.nz. And if you want to be in that live studio audience in Christchurch, just tick that little box and we'll do a draw about a week before. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most of the property market. Until next time, 